All right, speaking of getting as good as he can with it, joining us now is an old friend of uh, Craig Heist and myself, and that's former Orioles manager, longtime baseball man, Dave Tremblay. Dave, how are you? Boy, it's great to hear from you guys, and you're absolutely right. I couldn't uh, be happier talking to two old friends I was this telling, morning. I was telling Stan the story about you being over at Vieira with me covering the Nationals, and Pat Listach was yelling at you, telling you not to talk to me, and you looked over at Listach and said, I can't do that. I said, Heist knows where all the dead bodies are buried. <laughs> you got that right, and now, then some. <laughs> and now, here's the biggest question before we start baseball. How are Irish going to do this year? Well, it all depends on, uh, you know, their defense. Um, they got to stop the run. Boy, they got a tough schedule coming right out of the chute. You know, they go to Louisville. They'll yeah. play tough because they'll throw the ball 50 times. And then they got to get ready to go to Atlanta and play Georgia, uh, which will always be a test for them. But, you know, I love them. I live and die with them, so I'm hoping for the best. Dave always knew, Stan, my philosophy. I root for two teams, Notre Dame and who's ever playing Penn State. <laughs> he probably agrees with that philosophy. Dave, it's, uh, it's great to catch up with you. And, Same uh, here, Stan. And especially in a season where, surprisingly, you've been on the sidelines this season. Yeah, I, um, you know, when I, I got let go by the uh, Orioles, I went to work for the Braves for a couple of years as their field coordinator. Then I left and uh, got a major league job with Houston and went through that rebuild for a couple of years. Went back to the Braves and was uh, you know, the director of player development and the field coordinator. And at the end of the year, last year, 2018, I... Uh, I resigned my position on my own call, decided I, I needed a little bit of a break, and I've, um, you know, I've spent the year being at home. I live in Daytona Beach Shores. It's been rather nice uh, being at home. Obviously, I miss the game. I follow it all the time. I follow you know, the Orioles and all the other uh, major league clubs. So uh, it's been a little bit different, but it's been somewhat refreshing. Dave Tremblay is our guest right now, former Orioles big league manager. I know, Craig, you've got questions galore for him. Well, you know, Dave, I, I look at a guy like Mike Yastrzemski and what he's doing right now uh, at the major league level uh, with the San Francisco Giants. Now, here's a kid. Let's tell Mike, though, in case you didn't know, Mike hit three home runs last night. Oh, I, yeah, well, I you know, I'll tell you guys, I, 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 follow, I follow all the games. I listen and watch every game, box scores read everything I possibly can. And I tell you, after I saw that he hit three home runs last night, this morning over my coffee, I said, I got to look up and see who the Orioles got for this guy. Right. <laughs> yeah. And now, and, and that's to my point here, how does an organization miss on a guy like Mike Yastrzemski, who, you know, wasn't the greatest minor league player in the world, but nonetheless, he, you know, he had his, he had his, uh, moments, uh, but then all of a sudden he finds another place and all of a sudden it, it starts to click and he goes. Now, how, how did the Orioles not miss that? Well, I, I, I don't think they missed on him. They probably felt like they didn't have an ample opportunity for him to play. They probably felt there were guys ahead of him and uh, that, that they wanted to take a look at. Um, you know, the, the Orioles front office has come from Houston. We spent a couple years there, so they're very well-versed in uh, – you know, the analytics and the model and projecting uh, players' abilities and talents. So, you know, I, I it, it's really hard to fathom, especially now when it's so difficult to find good players, good young players that can play on a regular basis, not platoon. So, um, 
you know, I, I think it's probably a situation where the Orioles felt like they had some other guys that were ahead of him and they wanted to see those guys and give them an opportunity. And it's obviously, Strumsky's just got to be thrilled because, uh, you know, he's really helped that club and out there with the Giants, you know, they've had a resurgence after the All-Star break and are fighting for a wild card spot. You know, it's it's interesting. You know Mike Elias pretty well and you know Sig Maydell pretty, pretty well. I, I, the thing I like about the direction, it's, uh, it's too easy to say I like the rebuild, but what I like is that they don't seem like they're rushing people to be what they need them to be. They're letting the player's performance dictate whether or not they're ready for the next step, and I haven't seen that in Baltimore in a long time, Dave. Well, we saw that in Houston. You know, we had some guys that we felt could help us, but um, you know, Jeff Luna, who was the general manager and, you know, Mike was there and Sig, Sig was there. They took the very, um, slow approach, let guys develop in the minor leagues. They gave Correa a little more time. They gave Springer a little more time. They gave McCullers a little more time. Uh, and I can go on and on with some players that, you know, we had in big league camp and we felt they could help us at the major league level, but Really, what difference are they going to make? They may help you win five more games, three more games, seven more games. But, um, you know, in the long scheme of things, it's probably best that they take their time and get some seasoning in the minor leagues so that when they do come up to the big leagues, they're there to stay. I, I do know this about those guys. Those guys are very conscientious. Um, they're very, very, very calm in their approach. They're very confident in what they're going to do. And, uh, you know, I think what they're doing is two things that probably have been missing a little bit in the Orioles organization. They're really emphasizing the international market, yep. which is a must yep. in today's games. You're going to have to get players and develop them and sign them out of the international market. And secondly, your player development and your scouting department has got to produce one or two big leaguers every year to help your major league team. No question about it. Yeah, and uh... – I got to ask you that. How much do you, if you, if you do pay attention to the Nationals at all, uh, and and you look at that team and you see the starting pitching, and you see the tough start that they got off to, twelve under five hundred on May the twenty fourth, and now here they are, right back in the race and fighting for the division and the top wild card team. It looks as though they've got things turned around, and uh, I was wondering how much. Uh, have you ever been uh, connected with Dave Martinez in any way, shape, or form? Back in 1985, I was, um, <laughs> you know, working yeah. for the Cubs, and I had Davey Martinez as a player as I managed the instructional league team in 1985. He was there with guys like Dwight Smith and Doug Desenzo and two guys that you might have heard of that turned out to be pretty good pitchers, Maddox and Moyer. Um, <laughs> there were there yeah. some pretty good guys on that instructional league team that year, Dallas Green had uh, just come over from the Phillies. I think Davey's done a great job. What they have there is they have a veteran presence. And, uh, you know, as the season has gone on, those guys have gotten healthy. They know how to win. They've been there before. And once they get Scherzer back, they have a chance to win every night with uh, the top three guys that they have, Strasburg, Corbin, and Scherzer going. They have a chance to win every night when those three guys are going. And Doodle obviously has done a great job. Turner, I think, has uh, made a big difference in their club in the leadoff spot. He's a catalyst, gets on base. And Rendon is uh, probably one of the more underrated players in the big leagues. This guy is an RBI machine, plays great third base, and always seems to come up with a big hit late in the game. 
Dave, uh, you're you're as old school as they get, in my opinion. But yet, I'm assuming over the last five to seven years, you've had to get your arms around the analytical approach and the use of advanced metrics. Was it was it hard for you? And do, do people of our age level, you know, do they take it as an insult to what they know about baseball? Or are you smarter to accept it as something that's a tool in your, you know, in your belt, so to speak? Well, the first time, uh, Stan, I got a, uh, obviously got, uh, I learned about it was when I was in Houston. And I remember Sig, uh, who really wanted to learn about uh, player development and evaluating players. Uh, at the time, the, the Astros had, uh, their concept was called the player model. And, uh, you know, it was a computer concept that SIG was behind in analytics. And, uh, you know, we were the first, I think, to really emphasize the shift, the infield shift, uh, the catcher metrics, the spin rate. Uh, John Maley was our hitting coach, and, you know, he really emphasized launch angle, uh, you know, at the plate. Uh, but the one thing that I thought was missing that they relied on guys like myself and other people that Enos Cabell, who was there as a special sure. advisor, Nolan Ryan, um, is makeup. Uh, you can, ha- you can, you know, grade a player out on the computer and all the analytics in the world, but that really doesn't tell you about his work ethic and his makeup and how that translates to the ability and the tools that he has. So, um, I think you have to have what's called a balance. There's, there's obviously so much information, and you have to be careful with who you give that information to. Some of the players will short-circuit if you give them too much. Some of them want it all the time. I think some of it can be a little bit of a crutch. You know, I, I, I look now at this, the pitchers that come in the game, and it seems like in between every pitch they take their hat off and look in the bill of their cap to see which pitch they should throw this guy well that, that doesn't necessarily tell me what's working for him that night. What's your best pitch? You know, what's this guy hit? What's the situation, et cetera. So I think Rob Manford at the All-Star break really said it best when he said, uh, you know, the game is going to the point where it's attracting younger and younger players. We're developing younger players. And that's for a lot of reasons. And I think the economics of the game plays a big part in it. But he said, you better have the right people in place to teach them how to play the game. And I think that's where the old school approach Mm -hmm. is. Just the basic approach of fundamentals and team baseball, I think, is going to be needed. And uh, it's interesting that uh, two teams that are back in the pennant race got two old-timers back, Phil Reagan with the Mets and Charlie Manuel with the Phillies, <laughs> to kind of come in and really just kind of calm things down a little bit and put guys at ease. So I think there's a place for, for everything in the game. But make no mistake, you know, the computer approach, the analytical approach, there's great young minds in the game now that – can come up with all kinds of answers to everything, but there's still uh, a need, I think, for people that uh, go with their instincts and their gut. Dave, I told Stan this earlier, and of course you know just from our time being together, you were one of my favorite guys to hang around. But I told Stan, I said, I always think that Charlie Manuel was the National League version of Mike Hargrove. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and, and... you know, it's it's. It, I think it's great for the game. You know, there's a lot of young, really potential superstar players that are playing the game right now under 25. You got Soto over with the Nationals, who 
who might be one of the best players in baseball right now. The Braves got Acuna. You know, you still got Trout, who's 27 years old, Correa, Springer. I mean, I can go on and on. The Yankees got some great ones. Every team, you know, the Indians, the Red Sox with Devers. I mean, gosh darn, every team's got good young players. But uh, you got to have some mentors, I think, along the way that that have what uh, I would call a framework of reference and have some experience and some guys that can always pull up somebody and compare and contrast uh, that player to to where he is now, to where he should be compared upon who you've seen along the way. We're talking with Dave Tremblay. Dave, the, um, the player development area, I know, I know you'd love to probably skipper a major league team again, but, uh, is that where you think you've got the most to offer an organization is in the player development part, teaching, teaching not only the players how to play the game, but maybe teaching some of the teachers how to teach well there's no there's no question about that i enjoyed uh immensely my time and opportunity to manage the baltimore Orioles. that obviously was a dream come true and you know i i i took that um situation and experience to my heart and it's in my mind and i'll never leave but i've always felt that my forte has been teaching my forte has always been development of players and I think as I've grown a little bit older and everything, um, you know, what I really have aspired to do and taken a lot of pride in is developing players and also developing coaches. Uh, you know, I think you have to teach the teachers how to organize, how to develop, how, how, how to come across uh, to this new age player, but also how to teach fundamentals. And I think there's a, a real need for that now. So, Player development is, is something that uh, if I ever got back in the game, that's what I'd like to do. It'd have to be the right fit for me with an organization that, um, you know, aspires that. I remember my interview before I came the manager of uh, the Baltimore Orioles. I was there with Mike Flanagan and Jim Duquette, and they said, now, Dave, all the things you've been doing in the minor leagues with taking infield and doing fundamentals and early work and taking batting practice, do you think those things – could work at the big league level. And I said, do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? Do you want me to tell you the truth? <laughs> and they said, well, tell us the truth. I said, the only way that'll work is if you guys will back me up. You need backing up from the people in charge, your front office and your ownership. And they said, we'll back you up. So, you know, I came to spring training that year for San Palazzo, and I, they gave me a title as major league field coordinator. But in big league camp, I was in charge of all the instruction. And, uh, you know, we, we, we did base running every day and bunting and a different fundamental and cuts and relays and, and bunt defense and pitchers fielding practice and situational hitting, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, when I took over in the big leagues, you know, we took infield before games home and away. We, we took batting practice on day games and Sunday games. And I think you have to do those things to develop your players. You have to prepare the players and give them the best chance to succeed. Because you have to remember now, number one, the international player does not play high school baseball or college. They're tryout players. That's what they are. They, they go to showcase down in the Dominican or, or Venezuela, and there's buscones there, and they try out sometimes three or four times a day for six or seven different clubs. Then you have the, the, the high school player or the college player, if he doesn't go to a real good college program, they play travel ball, and travel ball is just geared to me, 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 and how fast can I throw it on the gun, and uh, you know how far can I hit it. 
they don't learn the basics of the game and they don't learn team baseball. So you get those guys that come into your player development system when they're signed and drafted and really they don't know how to play the game. So a long-winded answer, yeah, I love player development. I love teaching and I think more organizations um, need to have people that are in charge of that. Dave, that's why I thought you were such a good pick when Bo Porter left the Nationals and became the manager of the Astros, but it's a great human interest story. Tell our listeners what Bo did to get you down there as his bench coach. Well, Bo Porter played for me in the minor leagues uh, three, on three different levels. The uh, first time was in 1995, and I was managing uh, here in Daytona Beach for the Daytona Cubs. Jim Hendry was running the minor league system, and Bo Porter was a late-round draft choice the year before at the University of Iowa. He's a two-sport star that played football and baseball, captain of the 93 Rose Bowl team. And, uh, you know, Bo's uh, goal was he wanted to be a two-sport star like Deion Sanders and Bo Jackson who played football and baseball. And so during spring training, Jim Hendry kind of told me that Bo Porter was going to be my guy. He was going to be on my team. He didn't have much baseball. He was from New Jersey. He hadn't played a whole lot of baseball in high school or college, but he was going to be my center fielder. But the caveat was um, he wanted to play football, so I was going to take him to uh, – a couple of tryouts, one for the Dolphins, and I did. Uh, and then after the tryout, Bo point blank asked me, he said, hey, what do you think? Can I do it? And I said, you can play both, but if you really, and I told him the truth. I said, if you really want to play baseball, you're going to have to play baseball basically year-round. Mm-hmm. You're behind the eight ball a little bit. You haven't played a lot in high school. you got tremendous talent, tremendous ability, but you haven't played games. You're going to have to catch up. Now, if you play football, you probably you know, get to be a pretty good baseball player as you're going to be when you're about 28 or 29 and time might run out on you. So he thought about it and a week later he came to me and the Dolphins had offered him a contract to play football and the Dolphins offered him that. And he, he came to me and he said, do you think I should take it? I said, Bo, if I were you, I would concentrate on baseball. I think that's your ticket. So he didn't play football. Four years later, Bo was in the big leagues. And uh, when he got to the big leagues, uh, I was managing, I, I think I was still managing AAA uh, for the Orioles then, and he called me and he said, hey, if I ever get to the big leagues, I'm going to take you with me. You know, I've heard those stories so many times from people that checks in the mail and, uh, you know, the dog <laughs> ate my homework. Well, lo and behold, uh, I'm running instructional league for the Braves in 2012, and it's late October, and my phone rings at midnight, and it's Bo Porter, who... You know, Bo and I have had a father-son relationship for a long time, and my phone rang at midnight, and I looked at it, and it was Bo Porter, and I got kind of excited thinking something had gone on with his family, with his mom, or Tracy, his wife, or Bryce, his son, and I said, Bo, what are you doing calling me this time? And he said, Dave, tomorrow the Astros are going to name me the manager. We got the job. I said, Bo, what are you talking about? He said, we got the job. I said, Bo, I'm so proud of you. Congratulate. He said, no, you don't understand. You're coming with me. I never forgot what you did for me when I was a player. I'd never managed before. I need somebody to come. We're going to have young players, and I need your help. That's a great and story. So I, I went to Houston with Bo for two years and was his bench coach, and he put me in charge of running spring training. We did all the fundamentals, did all the teaching. And I can tell you this, we had an awful lot of early work every day in that in in uh, in Houston, and uh, you know, Bo has just been uh, a real bright bright star in my life because he he was a guy that was listening. 
And I think in the minor yeah. leagues, when you're a manager or coach, even when you get to the big leagues, the guys that have an opportunity to succeed are the ones that listen. And they understand that uh, those of us that have been put in charge, we care about them as a person and as a player. And uh, Bo never forgot that. Well, anybody that doesn't think the Astros' success wasn't due in whatever little part to you and Bo Porter, no because that team was not very good then, but a lot of those players that were part of that uh, Dave went on to 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 win championships down there in Houston. Well, you got to, um, as Joe Madden told me when I was managing the Orioles, because he said he had gone through. You got to have somebody, and I told Brandon Hyde the same thing when he got. You're gonna have to have somebody going to take the punches. Yeah, and uh, you know you got to take the body blows. You got to take the good with the bad, but you got to stay the course, and you, the players got to know you're in it for them and. Um, I think the guys down there knew that, and I'm I'm confident that the guys that Brandon has right now in Baltimore have got to feel that as well. Well, I got to tell you that for working with Stan all these years, that's all I've done, Dave, is take body shots. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, you're not alone in that corner. I I still got some black and blues from my time in this game. Hey, Dave, I got to ask you a little bit of a personal question. How many sure. years in a major league uniform have you been? Is it four and a half or five and a half? Well, in the major league. Well, yeah. I was in my fourth. I was in my fourth season uh, with the Orioles when I got fired, and then I spent two seasons. So, um, so do you have a with, do you, do you with have Houston? A, do you have a pension? That's what I'm asking. Oh yeah, I've got okay. a nice pension. Great. Uh, both from the minor leagues and from the big leagues. Uh-huh. I could have taken my pension uh, from both uh, when I was. Uh, 55 and I didn't I could have taken it at 62 and I didn't I didn't take either pension until uh, this past year when I re- basically uh, you know left the game yep. and I started taking it um but uh you know the, the minor leagues I spent thir- a little over 35 years in the minor leagues tw- in the, in uh, baseball 29 of them in the minor leagues six in the big leagues so there was a lot of bus rides a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I loved it I wouldn't trade it for anything and uh who knows? Maybe we'll get an opportunity to do it again. For all that time in the minor leagues, though, Dave, can you certainly feel good for a guy like Brian Snitker with the Braves who is just a career guy like that and finally got his shot? Oh, there's no question. Snit is one of the one of the great guys in the game. I managed against Snit, and I remember when Snit, when I was managing the Royal Snit was uh, Bobby Cox's third-base coach, and we had played them in another league uh, in Camden. The, that was one of the, the appealing things for me with the Braves while I was there, and that was one of the reasons why I left. They they had guys in that system that had been there 40-plus years. Um, Randy Engel had been there 41 years. Rick Albert, 40 years. Bobby Dews. Um, you know, I mean, there were guys that had just been in that system forever, and Snit's the only one left. Um, the Braves, when, you know, John Coppola left and John Scherholz is basically in a, a retirement uh, situation there. You know, Alex came in from Toronto and he brought his own people in and, you know, they made some changes and wanted to, uh, you know, disperse of some of the old time Braves that have been there for a long time. But uh, Brian Snitker has, um, he, he has earned and deserved. He's got a great demeanor. The guys love playing for him. And, uh, you know, he's a brave and that's probably the the best thing you can see. He's a brave, uh, and he lives and breathes it every day. Dave, uh, 
really appreciate your coming on with us. Uh, last question I've got for you. Uh, how well do you know Brandon Hyde, and do you think he's the right man for the job? Yeah, I know Brandon pretty well. When I was managing in the uh, in the Southern League, he was the catcher first baseman for the White Sox um, in Birmingham. And um, then I followed his career and had run into him a few times uh, when he was in the minor leagues and then knew him through Joe Madden. Uh, and to be honest with you, I talked to him a couple different times this past winter and didn't want to overstep my boundaries, but I called him out of common courtesy and said, Hey, I've been there where you're going to go. And, uh, you know, you're going to just have to be patient and understand what the whole process is. Um, I think he is the right guy. He's, he's, um, I think he's got their attention. He's disciplined. He's fair, but firm. I think he's flexible. I think he sees the big picture and he's not going to get, he's not going to change his course of direction based upon wins and losses. And because right now I told him, I said, you got a five-year plan there. You're going to be playing most of the year with like redshirt freshmen. <laughs> um, because, of, because if you look back and, and I told him, if you look back at the first year when we were in Houston, there's 95% of those guys that never played major league baseball again. And with all due respect, to yep. a lot of guys that are not playing in Baltimore, this is their one shot to make yep. an impression on the yeah. manager in the front office because there'll be other guys coming and there'll be guys that'll be knocking on the door and there'll be guys next spring. They'll be looking to make the big league club. And, um, you know, sooner or later, the Orioles will field a team of guys under 25 and, you know, they're going to have them under contract for the next six years and they'll, they'll have a pretty good nucleus. So I think Brandon is the right guy. Um, I think you got to keep teaching. I think you got to keep developing and you got to keep tinkering a little bit until you find the right combination. Dave Trembley, many thanks. Craig and I do this show year round. Can we grab you sometime during the off season? Oh, oh anytime. Right. I, I'm in a, I stand and I'm in a perpetual off season right now. I'm not <laughs> used to that. It won't be. It won't stay that way for a while. Dave, I am, stay that way long. Dave, I am going to tell Dave Ginsburg you said hello. <laughs> <laughs> you do that, gosh darn it! I'll, you know, one of these times, I'll look forward to running into you guys in person. And this is, uh, I'm sure you we know, will. Stan, we we've corresponded a lot over yep. the email, and Greg and I have been really good friends for a long time. And I really appreciate you guys taking the time and reaching out to me. It's meant meant a whole lot to me, and it, it brings back a lot of great memories. This, They'll be with me for a long time. This was a fabulous segment. Thanks. Thank you, Dave. Really appreciate. Okay, it. man. Bye. Bye. Bye.